Hey there, boys and girls and non-binary werewolf lovers. Welcome back to yet another episode of Raging Romantics. Woo! New and improved <gasps> and constantly shifting. <laughs> this month, we've got a lot of ground to cover as we talk all things werewolf. So let's go ahead and let's dive right in. Let's take a big bite out of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, romance nerds! Welcome back to another episode of Raging Romantics. I'm Jen. I'm Jackie. And this podcast is brought to you by Northern Onondaga Public Library. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about all things related to Romance Landia. With that being said, please be aware that sometimes our material may be a little too sensitive for younger listeners. If you need to wait until they go to bed, we'll still be here for you. So without further ado, are you ready, Jen? Oh, I'm ready, Jackie. All right. Let's rage! Hey, Jackie. Yes. When do werewolves go trick-or-treating? When? Halloween! That was good. (laughs) That was good. Thank you. Hey, look, it's two things. It's Halloween, and it's our subject of the month. Yes, because it's spooky season! Thank God for October. Oh, it's my favorite time of year. By the time this comes out, I will have just gone to Salem for the first time ever. I'm so excited. And then we're going to go away a watching tour. That was my goal before COVID. Oh, well. One day. I'll I'll report back and then let me know if it's worth it. Maybe I'm gonna kind of hope it's overrated and save my money for something else. But I like in my heart, I really want to sell them. I really want it to be cool. Well, I will report back, and if I see any werewolves, I will obviously report back. (laughs) Um, On that note, today's episode is all about werewolves. This whole month is all about werewolves. I'm really glad for that. Kill surprise! It's a good thing we're talking about werewolves, eh? so this episode is going to be, it's going to start to be a little different. You guys might notice some differences. First off, do we sound better? I hope so. We better. We, obviously, I mean, I think we sound better, but we just got a whole new suite of equipment. So shout out to Nopal for getting us some new mics, some mm-hmm. new audio things. Jen no longer has kitty headphones. <laughs> I did not know what real headphones would feel like. These earbuds are not the size of my earlobe anymore. They're beautiful. They're so gorgeous. And they're so good at blocking out I will out say noise. they're very hard to put on, but I think that's just because... <laughs> they're very spinny. <laughs> I'm a child deep down, so the children's headphones, at least I figured out how to use. These are actually technical. They are. We both stared at them for a minute going, wait, the ears turn. How do you do? But um, yeah, so this month you're gonna start seeing a little bit of a shift and how raging romantics is Mm. operated i guess you could say how we're gonna do our content Mm. so prior this entire past year you guys have gotten used to only two episodes a month first and third friday of the month of course and um it's always been the first episode we do the deep dive into we do a deep dive into our topic, our trope of choice. Uh, if we're doing an author, we'll do like that specific thing. And then the second episode has always been where we're going to do a literature review, mm-hmm. basically, right? Well, Honestly, throw that out the door. It was pretty hairy. Kick it, put some silver bullets in it. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. We acknowledge that. It sucked. <laughs> yeah. Sorry in advance, guys. We saw the stats. We saw the conversations. We heard you guys, those who emailed us. Thank you for that. Um, we have a note on that as well. Hang on for that. Um, so we are going to bring you more content per month. Mm-hmm. We're still going to do first and third Friday of the month with our typical episodes. But this time we're going to focus just on the tropes. Um, we're going to go very deeply into the 
topic. We're gonna cover um, a lot of ground. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna we're cover gonna... new ground. We're gonna sniff around like a damn it, sir. A lugaru. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you guys get the idea. So two episodes solely devoted to a topic. We're gonna really be doing the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we can have more interviews. We do have something exciting possibly in the pipelines. Oh, yeah, we're working on stuff for you. We're doing our yeah. best to give you some cool, awesome content. Yes, but we are librarians, so we don't want to move away from books totally. Yes, obviously, mm-hmm. duh. Books I mean, are the best. Yeah, we just need to kind of re establish how we're going to do it so instead we are going to start releasing mini episodes Mm -hmm. that will actually review books related to the topic or other kind of content that we just feel like plus and these will not be spoiled yes no no spoilers (laughs) we're going to be doing so like think 10 to 15 minute episodes at most it's going to be like two to three times a month on top of the episodes you already get and they're going to be so you're going away for the weekend. Here are the spooky books Jen recommends. Or, hey, did you know we run a romance book club at Northern Onondaga Public Library? Here's the book that we're going to talk about this month, and this is what we thought of it. Don't worry, book club members. We will talk about it after the fact, so you guys don't have any, like, spoilers either. Um, and it's just going to – we're going to try to dive more – into the topic for our for length episodes and then those mini-sodes like I said keep an eye out for them we're gonna try to do some fun stuff keep an eye out for giveaways or an ear out <laughs> for giveaways yeah it'd be weird to keep your nose out. to the ground <laughs> um yeah so with that being said this episode this month all about werewolves we're gonna yep. be two, doing two full length mm-hmm. nice in-depth episodes solely devoted to werewolves this first one it's gonna be more about werewolves in general the history mm-hmm. of werewolves you know where the literature came in and then next episode we're gonna really dive into romance tropes that center all around mm-hmm. your favorite furry beasts so if you guys like the way this sounds please email us at our brand new email address Raging Romantics at nopal.org. That is yes. Raging Romantics at N O P L dot org. And as always, you can always find us in the building. If you're in North Syracuse, Cicero, or Brewerton, give us a call. Be nice. Well, I mean, you have to be nice to me. Jackie's tougher. <laughs> Most of the time. No, I I'm might kidding. run away and nice hide. All of us. Hide in my office. <laughs> all right. So I do have a couple more pe- pieces of housekeeping. I promise this won't go What's on too long. long. Um, before we begin, before we begin, Jen and I, we're a year into this thing now and we do just, you know, we're librarians at Nopal and we just want to give a huge shout out to Northern Onondaga Public Library for their continued support without which this wouldn't really have been possible. This was our pet COVID project and Nopal has made an investment into the podcast. Mm -hmm. So thanks to that, we're an awesome library. Y'all should come check us out. We went from a little pup to a full-fledged werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) um and also we would love to get our community involved more so if you're in the um central new york region and you want to be part of this podcast reach out let us know if you're a romance lover we'd love to have you on the show we'd love to hear your thoughts um and if you happen to be an author in the central new york area we would definitely love to be in contact with you so you know give us a shout out raging romantics at nopal.org and find us in the library most of the time Jen has a lot of vacation time coming up. I do. Oh, my God. I didn't take any time off in the summer. I'm entitled. I'm going to go crazy. Yeah, I'm going to be here like two weeks total in two months. But I have a really exciting announcement myself. 
Oh. I really am excited to tell everybody. Jack, we have gotten in trouble for cursing at this point. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Scots-Irish, okay? I got in more trouble than you did for some reason. I think everybody sees me as, like, you know, a little innocent Jen that doesn't I curse. I think everybody's ear blind to Maybe. me Maybe. They time. just got used to you. So, Jackie and I have talked it over, <laughs> and I put my foot down. I am offended and sorry by this. So, we are going to institute a swear jar. Sorry, guys. Every 25 cents, Jackie's got to. Every time I swear, I have to put a quarter in the jar. <laughs> so I will be on the lookout, the ear out. I'll be on the ear out. And I'll let you guys know what I buy with my new winnings. And if Jen ever swears, she has to put a dollar in the jar. It's just because it's so rare. It's worth okay? more. It's like a white whale. <laughs> I shouldn't compare myself to a white whale. Oh. Yeah, so if you hear a cling, that is Jen dropping a quarter. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, I have so a we'll see mouth. how much I try to trip you up so okay. I can go buy some new chocolate. Yeah, as long as I don't get too ragey about things, I probably won't until the scandals month. So well, there's a lot of bad things that happen. As yeah. much as I love romance, we've got we have a little baggage. Yeah, some laundry to air out. Yeah, and then when we get to Amish month, whew, I got a lot of stuff to talk about. <laughs> um, all right, Jen, I think that's enough banter. Oh I think God, that's please. enough housekeeping. It's been yeah. spring cleaning already. They've been patient enough. Are you ready to get to the fun stuff? I hope this is fun. We'll see. Well, werewolves in romance. I mean, yeah, you're right. I'm really happy that we got to do another kind of spooky month because we started mm-hmm. off with a vampire. So I like that we it's kind of like a little series at this point. Yeah, and if mm-hmm. you guys want to go back and listen to our vampire episode, I'll make sure to put a link in the show notes, like mm-hmm. the episode number. Also, if you don't know what show notes are, because I just learned that some people don't know what mm-hmm. show notes are, totally cool. Those are going to be like the notes that you see um at the bottom of the episode if you're listening to us on apple or spotify it pops up right underneath the title if you're on nopal.org slash raging romantics there'll be a little blurb and then it should say go to show notes and Mm -hmm. you can just click there and it'll take you to it and that's where i put literally all the links Mm -hmm. episode information content warnings for things that we talk about all that sort of good stuff so i think that's all the housekeeping for the new and improved raging romantics we'll see Okay. There's, there's definitely going to be more. <laughs> Anyways. But I know you are anxious and raring to go because, again, this is a Jackie episode, guys, so. I'm, I'm panting in the corner. <laughs> there's a full moon. Oh, it's actually almost a full moon. Oh, okay. that's Fun fact. That's a, hopefully it's a good omen when we get into the history of werewolves. All right. So werewolves Ow. in romance novels. I have to confess, I thought that this was going to be really easy. It no. was going to be quick. Mm-mm. It's not. Because werewolves are so old. There's a lot. They're, I won't say, I don't think they're as universal as a vampire kind of myth. But I we'll think, get there. It, you know, but there's so much shape-shifting yes. kind of myths out yep. there. And I think it says a lot to kind of our ideas of going wild mm-hmm. or uh, not having control over yourself. Mm-hmm. I think there's so many universal things in a werewolf. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not surprised you have 12 pages of notes again. <laughs> it's only eight pages, okay? <laughs> All right. So it, out to 11. <laughs> it is a Jackie episode, which obviously means we're diving into history. Duh. Uh, first off, let's let's answer the question. What the heck is even a were- werewolf romance? It's a romance book with were- werewolves yeah. as the mm-hmm. characters. That so one's that's... pretty easy. There are subgenres within that, but yes. that will be the next one. That's all. Oh, we're we're going to gonna... go full core into that. And I'm not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to keep this one pretty light and breezy. Yeah, it's going to mm-hmm. be long, but it's going to be. We're not going to get into the really easier. weird stuff. No. We're going to talk about like medical things in this. Yeah. So if that's but your cup of tea. If you guys are ready to hear about Omegaverse. Oh, God. That'll be I'm so not ready to talk about this. <laughs> Anyways, there's your little sneak peek into next week. Ooh, that rhymes. Hey, sneak look at next you. Week. Good job. Yeah. Too bad it's not next week. I know it's going to be like in two weeks. But anyways. Yeah. All right. 
in general, werewolves, like Jen said, are part of a larger subgenre of romance that constitutes the shifter romance mm-hmm. burst. And when we refer to shifters, we're referring to shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. So um, creatures that are human in one form and some sort of shifted shape in the mm-hmm. next. So you can have wolves, bears, cougars, mm-hmm. coyotes, badgers. <laughs> I think at this point there's really been every kind of animal. And there's we've even so gone into mythical. So yeah. now that's there's where been dragons. Unicorn, dragons, Rudy dragons Dixon. Dragons are big ones. Whoop, whoop. Um, I will be adding those to the library collection very oh, soon. Good. So keep an eye out. Yeah, we're really excited by Ruby Dixon getting popular. Yes. You yes. heard it here first. Yes, you did. Maybe you did, unless you're smart like us and you're ahead of time. <laughs> and at one point, werewolves were one of the most popular monster tropes alongside vampires. That makes sense. Yeah. Then they kind of go hand in hand. And they're already so human based. Yes. It's not like some of the things that have kind of formed out, but there's kind of a, a grounded reality still with vampires and yeah. werewolves. It is something we grew up with yeah. and I mean, they still look very humanoid. Yeah. That makes sense to me. And we're going to dive into the psychology behind why we might like werewolves or even more general monster romances later on and especially in the next episode. But for now, we're going to start with the history of werewolves and the history of werewolves in literature. Mm -hmm. And yes, I know werewolves are not real. Where are they? No, they're not real. We're not doing that again. Bigfoot is not real. The werewolves are not real. Sasquatch exists. It does not. Nessie exists. The logging company would have found one by now. There are like no untouched. They are interdimensional creatures. Oh my god, they're not. No. (laughs) Just do your history thing before I need to put a quarter in myself. (sighs) So, if I curse because of you, do I pay a quarter? No, you pay a dollar. It's still coming from your mouth, not mine. (laughs) All right. So werewolves are a classic monster that started off as something dark and scary. For as long as we've had literature and myths, there have been stories of some sort of werewolf-esque creature. The word itself, werewolf, is believed to be an ancient combination of the old English word were, which meant man, Mm -hmm. and wolf, meant wolf. It's pretty pretty straightforward. So Mm -hmm. literally man-wolf. We can look back to ancient cultures like the Greeks, the Persians, and even the Egyptians for stories of these hybrid human-dog creatures. For instance, in the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is a Sumerian epic, it is one of the oldest known examples of Western prose, which dates to about 2100 to 1200 BCE, literally like 5,000 years ago, 4,000 math. Mm -hmm. We're librarians, not mathematicians. It's library science, not math science. But in the Epic of Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh is jilted by a potential lover because she had turned her previous lover into a wolf. Then we get the word lycanthropy, lycanthropy, however you want to say it, aka the supernatural transformation of a person into a wolf, as recounted in folktales, from the Greek myth of Lycaon. According to the legend, Lycaon was the son of I'm not going to say this right, and I I know classical studies, Pelasgus. (laughs) Um, Lycaon angered Zeus when he served Zeus a meal made from the remains of a sacrificed boy who was one of Zeus's favorite servants. As a punishment, enraged Zeus turned Lycaon and his sons into wolves. It's not that bad of a punishment. Because if I was going to really, if I really hated somebody, wolves are cool. Well, so they were cursed with eternal hunger. Oh, oh, that makes it was, sense. It was Zeus and the Greeks. But I still think you could have picked a lamer animal. <laughs> I mean, no offense to Zeus. I don't want to get Hera mad yeah, at don't, me. Don't, but. don't get smoted <laughs> with a thunderbolt <laughs> right now. Um, but from Lycaon, like I said, we get the word lycanthropy, mm-hmm. lycanthropy, um, and lycan, which if you've seen the film Underworld, yep. you'll recognize that. It's a name. Yeah. 
Then in early Nordic folklore, we have the Saga of the Volsungs. This tells the story of a father and son who discovered wolf pelts that had the power to turn people into wolves for 10 days. The father-son duo, duo donned the pelts, transformed themselves into wolves, and went on a killing rampage in the forest. Their rampage ended when the father attacked his son in bloodlust, causing a lethal wound. The son only survived because a kind raiden, aka Od Raven, aka Odin, gave the father a leaf with healing powers. <laughs> so... Norse mythology is interesting because we have the idea of berserkers and Norse mythology is kind of one of the only examples where wolves and werewolves aren't necessarily a bad thing. It's more related to power and manliness yeah. and all that sort of fun stuff. Depends. I mean, it's definitely more limited than yeah. it's the exception, not the rule. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we also had Native American mythology about werewolves, which really shouldn't be too surprising given how important the wolf spirit was to many indigenous tribes. Um, however, werewolves in Native American mythology weren't necessarily good things. Um, these were shapeshifters and skinwalkers who had donned the skin of many different animals, not just the wolf, although honestly not much of the actual lore behind skinwalkers is known and it's mm -hmm. kind of a very touchy subject especially to current tribe members mm -hmm. um skinwalkers were not seen as good creatures if you're familiar with modern appalachian myth there's a lot of stuff going around mm -hmm. right now about like wendigos and all that sort of stuff and these are skinwalkers and they're portrayed as evildoers mm -hmm. i really encourage you to check out the links that i put in the show notes mm -hmm. um and to go dive into the literature a little bit if you're interested in learning more about that it's just so interesting to me that it's again universally they're not good guys uh, yeah. i mean i think i've read one eastern european folklore that you be, did become a guardian and you protected yeah. your family and that's one out of five thousand examples yeah. jackie just provided it's very interesting to me so hopefully that's something we can explore a little bit next time but you know since this is the history lesson <laughs> uh how did these people actually become werewolves jackie so the mythology is very split there's no single answer really which is funny in some beliefs, you can be born, mm. um, but that isn't as popular as the belief that you can be made into right. a werewolf. And in as so much as that there's different legends about being made, there's hundreds of different ways you can be turned. I feel like the pop culture way is you get bit. Which so that's not... That's true. actually not even come in until the last hundred years. Mm. And that's because of Hollywood. It's Thank sexier you, Hollywood. to be bit. Honest, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, we talked about biting and vampires. Yes. We're not going to get back into yeah. it, but... So depending on the culture and the time, lycanthropy can either be seen as a gift or an affliction, like Jen was saying. For the most part, it was believed to be a curse. But mm -hmm. for instance, like with the Norse people, who uh, they were, you know, in part why we use the word werewolf, although it's related more to Old English, but it does come. Anyways, long story. Um, it was once believed, of course, that a warrior could improve his ferocity by donning the wolf skin and taking on the spirit of the wolf, which is, like I said, how we see spirit or um mythos like berserkers bear shifters were bears that sort of stuff mm -hmm. meanwhile cultures in parts of western europe it was said that anyone could transform into a wolf not just warriors by are you ready for this list <laughs> sleeping out under the full moon on certain days of the year you could be cursed by a god you could devour the flesh of a wolf you could wear a wolf's skin you could sign a deal with the devil there's pretty much there's any way you can think about that just sounds absurd and crazy. Mm -hmm. that, that was a way you could become a werewolf. Um, what's really interesting, and we can get more into this later, is the idea of lycanthropy as a metaphor for sexually transmitted diseases. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> because of course. And this really came about in the 18th century um, and European werewolf myths. We'll get that, there, though. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, like you said about the biting, yeah. um, this largely came out of Hollywood because, you know, Hollywood's trying to make everything sexier and well, vampires sure, were enough. super 
impressive and they were biting everyone. It's a story to tell, too. Yes, exactly. You don't have to get into all of this prior knowledge you would need to. I also have to wonder, in the United States, wolf hunting was made illegal in, like, the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Mm, And so, like. It's still going on, though. Yeah, but only by permit. Well, until recently they're trying to stop because i was just reading i think in montana actually they like really want to go hard after the wolves they want permission yeah. to use like night goggles and because they started crazy... becoming but so for the majority okay, of the fine, 20th enough, century yeah, not the point <laughs> the point is that well what i think is because so much of the lore was like you wear a wolf skin kind of like mm-hmm. how in celtic mythology if you want to become a selkie you yeah. put on a seal skin so i'm like did, was this in part like an agenda to get people to stop killing wolves to wear their skin hmm I think that's a little too meta. Yeah, but. probably not. I that, that that's okay. Sorry, I lost my train of yeah, track because I was thinking okay, about that clothes thing with Pliny. 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 What? I don't care. Who, who cares? He was a weirdo. Yeah, the Sorry, medieval we'll times and werewolves was quite mm-hmm. interesting. Maybe I'll put some uh, entertaining depictions yeah. of werewolves. <laughs> what they thought it looked like. Yeah. It's interesting. They thought it was something you could just put on and off, though. It wasn't something like bone deep within you that changed. Well, so you. there are a lot of legends too that, um, kind of like whether what with a Wendigo, the more you donned it, the more you changed, mm-hmm. the less human you were. Okay. Um, and there was a lot too, like the the power that you would get would be addictive. It's the issue with berserkers that mm-hmm. you see in Norse mythology. Of the more yeah. they did this, the more power they had, then the harder it was for them to go back to human form afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, of course, then they go mad with rage and bloodlust and all this and sort of stuff. And that's very similar to – okay. Yeah. see it. You Thank you it? for opening my mind. This is obviously a lot of stuff, and this is really interesting that it has gone so far back. I imagine there has to be a reason that so many people mm-hmm. thought this was a thing. Yeah. Is there a possible medical reason, maybe? Yes, there is. What a shock. So there is an actual clinical diagnosis of lycanthropy. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, of course, there are quote-unquote true hysterical ca- historical <laughs> cases of werewolves and wolfmen. But, of course, they don't exist. No, sorry, sorry, Jackie. They don't. I know. I honestly don't think I would want a real werewolf to exist because that does scare me. It depends, because I noticed... Like, if they're the sexy lumberjack, then yeah, I'm down for it. They've, but... so- they've softened. Yeah. They've really... And we'll talk about that in the yeah, next episode. Yeah, to make episode. them the hero, they've had to soften yeah. them. So I guess it would depend how realistic, quote-unquote, they are to yeah. the original stories. Like, but... if it was the Twilight werewolves, mm-hmm. then I'm down, because I was Team Jacob all yeah, the way. Yeah, good. Yeah, Even though that Jacob. was really problematic Native American Oh, yeah, she was... They hate her guts. Yeah, so <laughs> not the Twilight, Twilight version, <laughs> but like... Taylor Lautner. Yeah. I'm down for that. Though he's white. I know. Yeah. He wasn't even that great of a rapper. Like, the movies are messed up. No, we are not here to talk about that today, though. <laughs> anyway. I have definitely read about people trying to claim this even yeah. today as a kind of a, kind of almost a, like an insane, insane, insane. Insanity defense. Yeah, insanity yeah. defense. Like, this is still something that people try to get yeah. away with today, which is really surprising to me, I've read. So, first off, these historical cases of diagnosed mm-hmm. lycanthropy are really interesting because although most physicians and psychiatrists now agree that these were historical cases of mental illness, possibly schizophrenia or mm-hmm. one of the conditions I'll mention in a minute, these were still very well believed at the yeah. time. Of course, because it was at a time when science and myth was, like, at a really interesting intersection. So, one of the most famous was Peter the Wild Boy. Mm-hmm. In 1725, he was found wandering naked on all fours through a German forest. Because of his appearance and mannerisms, he was he was covered in hair, mm-hmm. and he was possibly raised feral. 
many thought he was raised he was a werewolf or at least was raised by wolves you know that Mowgli in the jungle situation Mm -hmm. um he ate with his hands he couldn't speak he wasn't mute though he Mm -hmm. just didn't know human words and like I said he was covered with hair um he was eventually adopted by the courts of King George the first and King George the second and lived out his life as their pet in England yeah this was not not a reason to hate the royals yeah Modern research has shown that Peter likely had Pitt-Hopkins syndrome, which was a condition discovered or named, I guess, in 1978 that causes lack of speech, seizures, distinct facial features, difficulty breathing, and intellectual challenges. Crazy. It was was a congenital. Kind of realized in the 70s. Yeah. Like no wonder people were so confused and thought this was a like a werewolf. I mean, and if you think about it, in the 17 early 1700s, if you had a child born who appeared like this, he Mm -hmm. would have been exposed and left out in the wilderness. Yeah, they didn't like a lot of. Yeah. Uh, not what word am I looking for? Different. Yeah, yeah. Not it feels, socially... it feels like it feels like there were a lot of excuses to leave your kid in the wild yeah. back then. Yeah. Oh, they're a changeling. Oh, my wife slept with a vampire. Oh, it's gonna go. She's green. <laughs> <laughs> Defying Poor reality. Mm-hmm. All right. So then we also have the werewolf of Bedburg. Mm-hmm. Um, in the late 16th century in Germany, a farmer named Peter Stubb was found guilty of being a werewolf Jeez. and was held responsible for the horrendous murders of 13 children, two pregnant women, and numerous livestock. Mm. Although he did not literally transform into a wolf. We hope. Stubb, Stub. It's honestly probably like Stuba or Stubba. Mm. My German's terrible. Sorry, Anna. Um, but said that he would cloak himself with the skin of a wolf when seeking out his victims. At his trial, he confessed yeah. that the devil himself gave him a magic pelt of wolf fur when he was 12. And then when he put it on, it would transform him into the quote unquote likeness of a greedy, devouring wolf, strong and mighty, with eyes great and large, which in the night sparkled like brands of fire, a mouth great and wide, with most sharp and cruel teeth huge body and body and mighty paws Hmm. when he took the pelt off he believed he returned back to his human state he was found guilty of murder on october 28th 1589 and sentenced to death by the spread eagle not the dance from chicago the musical yeah that's i don't want to know what it is um it was a (laughs) very horrendous archaic form of torture that if you watch the vikings you can see no i'm good um in the case you could get away with so much stuff back then that's the thing and so he said he was a werewolf i mean excuses obviously he didn't get away with it but i'm just trying to picture myself in 2021 being like yeah i murdered this guy because i'm secretly a werewolf yeah it's insanity defense circa 1589 it's super hard to prove that nowadays though so they'd probably be like well you are the most worst faker ever we'll get get into that in two seconds (laughs) in the case of peter most modern researchers agree that he Mm. was um pretty much used as a patsy (laughs) for the catholic protestant tension of the time he was he was a murderer don't get me wrong he was definitely a murderer that's good he did do it it wasn't like they killed an innocent yeah no he confessed he was found literally with blood on his hands Mm. after he tried to abduct a girl it's kind of funny yeah Sorry, not funny. Not, it's not yeah. funny that he murdered. It's just that he was guilty, and yet he came up with this whole mythology and story for himself. He was delusional. It's funny. And that's not funny. Me- he was sorry. mentally ill. I got you. It's funny, not haha funny, but oh, that's weird. Kind of funny. Yeah, it's just kind of crazy that he gave himself his own legend. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so he was used as a patsy. Most historians agree for the Catholic Protestant tension of the time because he was a Protestant in a Catholic region, mm-hmm. and the new um, not governor but like ruler of the area was a Catholic. So they think that this that that just kind of added fuel to the fire. Um, and there's even I think a fiction book today inspired by this case. It's called The Werewolf of Bamberg, not Bedberg, Bamberg, by Oliver. 
Poach, Poch, Pooch. I don't know how to say that. Anyways, it's at the library. I'll put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to medical conditions that today scientists believe stem werewolf yeah. and stem the belief of werewolves, there are a few different ones that have encouraged the werewolf mania throughout history. And they're, like I said, still used as diagnoses today. The nitty-gritty science of clinical lycanthropy, it's is believed that this delusion is caused by physical and chemical imbalances in the brain, particularly in the areas of the cerebral cortex, which is where a person's perception of their own body exists. So when you see yourself in the mirror, your cortex is saying, that's me, I recognize my nose, I recognize my hair. That's Jackie standing in front of the mirror in front of me. Hopefully Jen doesn't say that. (laughs) I do not need to live three Freaky Friday. Yeah, no, please don't. Studies have shown that when sufferers of clinical lycanthropy undergo a quote-unquote transformation they display unusual levels of brain activity in these areas in their cerebral cortex which suggests they may genuinely perceive themselves um through a neurological trick as wolves so i look in the mirror and my cerebral cortex that's not jackie that's a wolf oh my god you changed into a werewolf that is basically what's going on here so The various diagnoses for this neurological trick are clinical lycanthropy, which is a rare psychological condition causing the people to believe they're changing into a wolf or an animal and they don't recognize themselves in the mirror. Um, The adjective clinical is used to emphasize that the condition doesn't mean actual werewolfism or the actual ability to metamorphosize, metamorphosos, whatever you say, physically into a wolf. It's literally a chemical imbalance in the brain going, that's not who I see in the mirror. Other historical illnesses that could have been the cause for people thinking they were werewolves or for calling other people werewolves are hypertrichosis, which is a rare genetic disorder causing excess body hair growth, rabies, uh, hallucination. Also, rabies is in part where the biting myth comes oh, in because yeah, you have to be too. bitten. Yeah. Um, hallucination, possibly caused by hallucinogenic herbs. For shock. Uh, mental health issues such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or severe depression. Um, and to some degree, feralism, I don't think that's a technical term, but I couldn't think of what it was, um, where a child or a person is raised feral and thus displays traits that are considered wild or dangerous by others. Um, a lot of people who have been raised feral do exhibit almost dog-like symptoms. Mm-hmm. It's very aggressive and very canine. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. A researcher found that since 1850, there have been only 56 original case descriptions of people who were actually believed to be metamorphosizing into an animal. Among them, only 13 met the criteria for the clinical lycanthropy. So just incredibly rare. It is very rare. Mm -hmm. So as much as people want to say, I mean, and we all know our mental health institution in the United States and in the world kind of sucks. So very well, these people could be going through schizophrenic breaks or they could have this um, mental imbalance or chemical imbalance mm-hmm. in their brain and just not getting diagnosed properly yeah. so who knows how many people are actually experiencing this mm-hmm. but they just aren't getting diagnosed properly mm-hmm. and i can imagine before we knew any of this if you just see jackie acting like this in the 1400 <laughs> like yeah no wonder. that would definitely help with a werewolf yeah although to when be I honest was... i'm scared to death of wolves <laughs> oh that's funny fun fact okay when i think i watched met a wolf it... I live in a coyote infested well, yeah, area. Well, yeah, it's coyotes. I don't think we have wolves up here. Mm, there have been in the past, but okay. I think I watched Beauty and the Beast too many times. Oh, and the scene yeah. where the wolves attack Belle, that's like seared in my brain. Mm. And the horse. That's so weird because I don't, but the, I I feel like I keep seeing so many dump dunking, 
articles that like wolves don't usually attack humans. I know, but it's just like that's but, like yeah, my it's just fear. A thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which is weird because then I like werewolf books, mm-hmm. but and I don't like vampire books. But anyways, whatever. Eh. So one thing that I noticed when I was reading about this, there is a lot to do about the full moon. Obviously, I have read some ports in the past that there might be something to the full moon actually causing kind of these werewolf delusions or ideas mm. i don't know if you have done any research on that of course I've i know research. what a shock that was like <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> a oh i just question. forgot how to breathe sorry about that <laughs> of course i've done research and the relationship between the full moon and werewolves mostly stems from the belief that real wolves howl at the full moon but not at any other kind of moon mm. this is factually incorrect mm. wolves howl regardless it's it's how they communicate with their pack they're not howling at the moon um, but this belief traces all the way back to the mythology of Greek and Roman gods. The word lunacy comes from the Roman word for the moon, Luna. I, I tried to do research on this particular part, but I couldn't really find much in the time that I had. But I thought it was it was something about women going crazy under the moon. That's part of it because yeah. Luna, the goddess, yeah. as she went through, and it's also related to periods right. and all that sort of stuff. You know, women are crazy when we're on our periods. Yeah. Fun fact, when I was in high school <laughs> – my my group of (laughs) my group of people that i had we would call our periods werewolves or murder in the bushes we were so weird we also obsessed Mm -hmm. with twilight oh okay well if it's a twilight thing and i also think there was something to do with shakespeare i don't remember how that came in but yeah that's what we call their what a shock so anyways um but a lot of it does stem from luna lunacy but there's also something about the Dionysian rites. So Dionysus, mm-hmm. who was the god of wine and yeah. harvest and all that sort of fun stuff. Um, and the Bacchanalian rites that would really go out of hand and eventually included human sacrifice. And people just kind of went, I almost swore, but I didn't. People went <laughs> crazy. See, I stopped myself. <laughs> oh, I was so close. <laughs> I could have bought a gut piece of gum. Um, yeah, so if anybody knows more about the relationship between the moon, going crazy, Bacchanalian rites, goddess Luna slash Selene, shoot us an email. Let us know. Um, but yeah, the, the link between werewolves and the full moon is just, it's a myth. It's mm-hmm. completely fake. Well, I mean, the whole thing's a myth. Yeah. I, werewolves are a myth. There's, <laughs> it's one of those, like, things, like biting. It's not part of the actual mythos mm-hmm. of werewolves it just became a it thing. just became a over thing over the time yeah now that's not to say that the full moon doesn't affect hmm. humans according to a study conducted in australia's cavalry mater newcastle hospital sorry i said that totally wrong um a full moon quote-unquote brings out the beast in many humans this study found that on 91 violent acute behavior incidents at the hospital between 2008 and 2009 23 percent happened during a full moon hmm. Um, patients attacked staff and displayed wolf displayed wolf like behaviors like biting, spitting, and scratching. I mean, have you ever been around a toddler? They do the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. So, although many were under the influence of drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. at the time, it's unclear why they became so intensely violent when the moon was full. I do wonder if some of this is just kind of we've been told this over and over again. Self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, thank you. And yeah. then I read too. I don't know if this is true. I really hope this isn't a stupid Facebook thing. But apparently. <laughs> Are the plasma in our bodies react better to moons? Oh. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder if that's related to, like, the gravity argument. Yeah, maybe. Where, it, like, it affects the tide, so it must affect our blood. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. There's a lot of people that have a lot of thoughts. I mean, listen, I love the moon. Yeah. I have a moon tattoo. Oh, yeah. You've got multiple moons um, on you. I have many moons mm-hmm. on me. <laughs> many moons. 
But <laughs> I want um, shirts with moons. I don't think that it influences a metamorphosis mm. in human beings. Too bad. That'd so, be but if you want to dance under the full moon, be my guest. I'll come join you. Mm. I'll bring the wine. I got some good stuff. Um, good wine. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, a lot of patients who do suffer from delusional disorders and clinical lycanthropy do exhibit certain symptoms or believe they are undergoing the change during a full moon. So, again, it's self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. They've heard this. They've been told this. So how much is actually real and how much are they just play acting? It's hard to know. Mm -hmm. um, it's mostly just the cerebral cortex tricking the patients. So. Well, that feels a little depressing. So Sorry. let's shift to something a little happier. Okay. <laughs> shift. You get it? Yeah, Did you get I, it, Jackie? I, I got you get it. That's it? like I know. the third one we've I'm done really this sorry. episode. I, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's okay. I, I feel like I'm failing you guys on the puns today. But that's okay because Jackie's got it. Jackie's got our back with literature. Yes. So please go into all this detail now that we have all this I background shall. knowledge. So this is just going to be like a start. We're starting the race because there's so much to go into. So we're going to um, just begin with werewolves more generally in literature because we can't really talk about werewolf romances until we like talk about the history of literature first duh okay so werewolves like i said have been intrinsically linked with the more general shapeshifter trope like we saw with native american and norse mythology they seem to be one of the earliest examples of shifters though making its way into popular literature um but by no means are they the original or only sample of shape shapeshifter these stories have appeared in almost every culture on Earth where wolves did not live. So, for instance, we have wolves in North America, Mexico, parts of South America, Europe, Northern Europe, Middle East. Are there wolves in Africa? I don't think so, but they have hyenas. Well, yeah, because like you said, there's been shape-shifting that's all yeah. over the place. But yeah, so anywhere that wolves did not live, we had other types of shape-shifters. Mm -hmm. So other we just filled in the blank. Mostly other meat-eaters, too, like tigers, crocodiles, sharks, and bears. God, a were-tiger. A shark. A were-shark. Oh, God. <laughs> Jaws would be totally different. <laughs> shark week. Ooh, ha, ha. <laughs> Um, so werewolves have also been categorically linked with vampires and a lot of stories where one exists, so too does the other. So for instance, in Dracula, I learned this this week, Dracula by Bram Stoker, there's an actual secret prologue to Dracula that starts before Jonathan Harkness gets to the castle. Um, he gets out of his carriage in the middle of a snowstorm on his way to the castle and he finds himself surrounded by wolves in a graveyard. Dracula, seeing what's happening because it's so magical, um, shifts into a wolf to protect Jonathan from the pack of wolves so that he can then carry on his journey and begin the story. I'm kind of glad they cut that. It sounds boring. Yeah, I haven't read it. I might, just for poops and giggles. But Jen's being attacked by a fruit fly. <laughs> well, no, I'm sad you didn't curse there. I've caught myself so many no, times already. I guess already. this is what we want. We don't want you to curse, I but know. I just want money. Right. <laughs> I like money. I well, if you get things. enough money, you can make me chocolate chip cookies or yes. something. <laughs> Sweet in my mouth. I love that I should get the money, spend it on you. That you give. Okay. Die. Mm -hmm. Okay. I already gave you cookies. I can't help that I burnt them today. Hey, hey I still ate them. It's all good. Okay. Um, make no mistake, though. For the majority of werewolf literature, these creatures have been an interesting amalgamation of both victim and villain. They're cursed to their existence. They are these great monsters or like terrible monsters, mm -hmm. not like great. Oh, my God. Great. But like great and powerful. Um, but they're also the victim of this curse. Mm -hmm. And they have no choice for the most part in shifting unless, of course, you get to the part where they're like downing wolf pelts. Mm -hmm. But anyways, it makes them kill and makes them monsters. 
Now, werewolves became very popular in the horror as the horror genre grew during the Romantic period. Think Frankenstein, Wuthering Heights, that fun time period where we talked that we talked about in our history of the romance genre last month. This was when horror and monsters really took on a life of its own, and as things like dime store novels and serials gained in popularity, so too did these horrific creatures that became literary monsters. These were not the romantic figures, however, that we are going to eventually be talking about. They did not become that until the late 20, 20th century. Yeah, sorry, I had to think about <laughs> I had to think about math for a second there. So now Today, we think of werewolves as romance figures, for the most part. I mean, they're still in horror. Mm -hmm. But I'm sad to say that a lot of these early examples of werewolf literature, while they still depicted intimate moments, they were not intimate for the heroines. Um, they were very rapey. Mm -hmm. and they were not good. There was no consent. There what a was shock. no consent. I mean, we've talked about that before. They yeah. had problems with women uh, consenting to sex. You know, you would have been dirty. You would have been a whore. So they had to be forced. Yeah. It's just a really unfortunate reality of yep. what the publishing looked like in this period. Yep. And especially because dime store novels and serials, mm -hmm. this is where horror really grew in popularity. Yeah. And these ones were meant to be sensationalized. Mm -hmm. They were meant to be dramatic. And if you think of the film Werewolf, or Wolfman, sorry, which came out in 1941, he kidnapped her and yeah. put her in a swamp. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It took a while for them to be soft heroes. Yeah. And to care about consent. Yeah. And also, this is when the transmission of lycanthropy began to be used as a metaphor for sexually transmitted disease. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you think about it, and I was trying to rationalize this, so this might not be as lucid as I hope it would be. Um, if you think about it, it's a transmission, right? Werewolfism, lycanthropy has become a transmission. Like, you get it from one person to another. Most of the time, you can't be born with it. That's kind of been more of like a modern trope that we go with. Um and especially when biting comes onto the scene in the early 20th century, it's very much so, like, that's sexual in nature. So they were kind of using it as you are cursed to this existence. You must be careful, especially during a specific time period, a.k.a. flare-ups. So it's just interesting that people started talking about werewolves when it came to, like, herpes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, I am very glad, for one, that a lot of that kind of sentiment is gone in modern werewolves. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people still have that kind of a plot where it's a curse and they have to accept themselves. But I think that's that's the goal, is to accept yourself, and that's kind of the overall. So where, where do you see that change starting to happen? I'm glad you asked. You and it's all because ask. of Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's honestly because of Hollywood in the 20th century. Popular literature and films kept these stories alive. One of the most famous horror movies, like I said, is 1941, The Wolfman. Like, I can still see scenes of that in my head, and I haven't seen it in years. Um, you know, we have Jack Nicholson played a werewolf, Michael Landon, Michael Jake Fox, uh, 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 Thriller. So I haven't that. seen – well, it's Michael Jackson. Nick I Jackson, have, Listen, you. I haven't seen any of these, though, but were they positive, sympathetic no. depictions? Well, so Michael J. Fox's was interesting because he was – it was Teen Wolf. Yeah. Um, so it was still a curse, but he was, like, learning to work with it, and he was fighting crime, kind okay. of. He was fighting the bad mm -hmm. guy. Um, and then – once romance starts kicking in, we start seeing, like, True Blood, mm -hmm. and we see Twilight, and we see um, – um, there was that Canadian show that went on for, like, a year yeah, and then got I, cut off. I don't know. I feel like the the more sympathetic werewolf was earlier than that, than True Blood. Because I definitely remember reading werewolves. It, yes, in yeah. books, but not in film. Okay. Not in film until, like, mid-2000s. Okay. So we're, okay. we're getting there. Don't worry. 
The earliest romance on that trend that I could find, and I scoured publishing mm-hmm. dates, was 1991 with really? Werewolves. Okay. And it was called Wilderness by Dennis Danvers. Huh. That's right. It was written by a man. Jeez. That's um, really funny. <laughs> and I have, I have a theory okay. as to why that is. What? So if we think about it, horror has largely been – um, it's, it's a male-dominated mm-hmm. genre, right? It's Stephen King, yeah. all those people. At least the famous ones. I'll yeah. be honest, I don't know a lot of female horror writers, which I guess is a bad mark on me as a librarian. There's, there's been more today. Cynthia Paleo, mm-hmm. I can't think of who her last name, but mm-hmm. Rachel Harkness, there's, there's more coming. But it has mm-hmm. largely been male-dominated, right? And werewolves were largely horror creatures. Mm-hmm. And then Dennis Danvers kind of writes this genre-blending horror romance Mm -hmm. it's got dual pov 1990s -hmm. it's shifting into shifting fly just landed on my head shifting into paranormal we're using shifting way too much i'm so sorry guys (laughs) that's gonna be the title of this (laughs) i'm failing my pun job today it's okay um and he's shifting into and i keep saying it the paranormal (laughs) genre and he starts making werewolves attractive so 1991 this Mm -hmm. book comes out and then you don't really see anything for a couple of years. 1993, 1994 is when women start writing werewolves. Oh, okay. So I really think it was that – and I haven't seen any of Dennis's other books, so I don't know. But the ones I did see weren't romance. It definitely is a man, right? Yeah. It's not like women were ever Dennis. No. Here, let me pull them up really quick. Okay. Well, sorry, and I thought you had a theory, too, for why a man was the first one to do it. That was my theory. Oh, it was just genre blending? Yeah. Okay. Well, it was because – You never talked about it? No. Hmm. He's a very jolly looking fellow. Okay. Like, he looks very friendly. But yeah, he's written all horror. Oh, okay. Oh, you know, that's kind of interesting because I feel like that that's been popular for a while is to take the monster and to kind of humanize him and sympathize with him and right. yeah why not take the really super scary werewolf and morph him into a romantic and hero? i think that's really what it was was this was when romance really started gaining traction because of course we have um 70s and 80s were kind of like they were the bodice rippers they were the starting roberts daniel Steele, like we talked about in our september episode you should go give it a listen the history of the romance genre um and it really started taking these figures that were big, bad, and not scary, but like the the alpha male, I guess, and started romanticizing them. And I almost wonder if it was very meta of Dennis Danvers, if he's still alive, I should try to contact him, uh, <laughs> and be like, did you mean to start the werewolf trend? And I I'm, still want to know if that's really the first one. So I think it's the first major published one because according to novelist Goodreads, all the other ones I could find, this was the earliest example of something specifically labeled as werewolf romance, paranormal and romance. And it's like a, par- like a positive depiction of it. Yeah. That's yeah. really interesting so to me. I, I would have thought earlier personally. I think there are earlier examples, but I think they're in things like serials, mm, like okay. Reader's Digest or like like how we talked about in one of our – in the history episode where mm. it was uh, like the the, the – Penny, penny oh, dreadful the, papers yeah, that okay. were passed around to the prostitutes and they, probably and they weren't just kept. weren't published. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, women and sexuality up through the 1980s wasn't the best thing. Mm-hmm. We didn't really start owning our sexuality as much into the 1990s. So I think that had a lot to do with it as well. But yeah, so I think that's really where we start seeing the werewolf romance trend kick in, as of course with Dennis Danvers, but I think it really was a purposeful evolution from the horror into kind of romanticizing these characters and then of course post 2001 like we've talked about and everything else we see that shift into paranormal being the preferred genre 
for everything. And they make such good characters to write about. Yes. And I think, too, because so many werewolves are put into these giant worlds now. Mm-hmm. Like, you still definitely have the werewolf book. And I think it's expanded even more with indie pub. Oh, and yeah. kind of these subgenres we'll get into next week. I mean, Omegaverse has done crazy things yeah. for werewolves in general. But I think when you could compare them as a foil to, like, the really dark, serious vampire. And they're kind of the more, like, lusty, uh, like, rough, rowling... I, they, they end up being very good mirrors of all these other creatures. I saw a really good thing, and we can talk about it next time, is comparing vampires and werewolves to comparing, like, the metrosexual to the lumbersexual. Yeah. Which I prefer the lumbersexual trend of romance as compared to the metrosexual. So I don't really like vampires, but I really like werewolves, which is ironic because I'm scared of wolves. So it's just fun to throw them together. It's kind of a, yeah. a way to see it play out. Yeah, and there's also a lot of historical depiction yeah. of, like, tension between these two species um because of course vampires are immortal and they're all powerful and sometimes they have these supernatural powers and werewolves are just like cursed to change into this creature that they have no power over i feel like if vampires if the vampire myth is about life and is about death it feels like the werewolf myth is more about control control. yeah exactly yep hey we're on the same page (laughs) that doesn't always happen (laughs) all right i do want to end on one specific discussion point though jen why do you think werewolves became and stayed so popular i thought we said it i thought i said it we did we did but can i don't know go into more detail because Uh, we didn't take as much time as i thought we were going to i was gonna say well it's okay if it's yeah um well let me think for a minute well let me think how i want to end this because i thought we did that in the previous discussion before you asked me Okay, Um, I'll just go off and say that um, we'll talk about the tropes next time, but I think Mm -hmm. a big part of why we find werewolves so attractive is because they're other. There's Mm -hmm. like a degree of otherness to them. All of the paranormal stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, we could definitely talk about some of the monster stuff. I don't want to because I want it to stay employed. Yeah, I think it works for people that already feel rejected in society. I think it works for people like us, where outsiders. Yeah, just people that don't feel like they belong. Yeah. They, here's literally a pack that you can join yeah. of other outsiders and people that can't be in society with you. And I whether you can be born into it, you mm-hmm. can be changed into a werewolf, yeah. you can be bitten, you can apparently don the skin of a wolf mm-hmm. <laughs> and be a werewolf. So there's a degree of choice in that too. Whereas with a lot of like vampire myths, it's you're often prey that's like accidentally changed unless you're specifically sought out as a mate and we'll have to get I've into faded both. mates because i've seen i guess where i guess that's a good point i feel like in a lot of the werewolf myths i see you accidentally becoming a werewolf because the werewolf who makes you a werewolf loses control and yeah. bites you because you're out during a full moon or yeah. i don't see a lot of deliberate werewolves being created i guess i guess i haven't just read enough of it lately I mean, when I think about it, I think you're right. There's definitely a lot of werewolves that are born. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, this, those are the only two ways nowadays. And that's interesting, <laughs> you know? too, because the mythology, you like can't be born a werewolf. Mm-hmm. So I wonder where that came in. I think it is just because it's in romance. We want That's part of the happy ending is when you get the kids. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, okay, you're going to have the parents be werewolves. And then what, the kids are going to just be normal yeah. humans? Like, what kind of dynamic is that going to be? Are they going to live as long? Is it going to be as strong? Could they even survive? It's kind of like with Ruby Dixon, how they mm-hmm. have to take on the um, the queen yeah. to be, in order to mate. You get faded mates a lot with this yeah. so that they have to be changed. Yeah, you have to find – literally, your mate. Yeah. <laughs> Soulmate mate, you have to yeah. find your mate. Yeah. There's a lot of really fun stuff with werewolves. Yeah. I do enjoy a good werewolf romance. 
it's definitely different in the indie space because they can play with so much stuff. Yes. I think werewolves were pretty it was pretty much the same thing in all of the books. There were packs. Maybe there was a struggle. It's interesting to me that so much of the werewolf myth, modern myth, is based on these false ideas we have about, like, alphas in Uh werewolves. And And uh, the biting. Well, not even... So there's this great episode of Adam Ruins Everything where he talks about how... I know. It's a geeky show. I love the show, though. Where he talks about how the original research on wolves was really poorly done, and it was something the researcher regretted for his entire life. Yeah. And that's where we get a lot of these myths of, well, there's an alpha, he's the leader, he's the alpha dog, literally, yeah. runs everything. And they find Top out, dog. no, it's actually much more cooperative. Yeah. And they take care of their sick. It's not like a fight to the fit, like a fight to the death all the time. And people got real mad. That- that's more so <laughs> in horses than in wolves, fun facts. <laughs> So, <laughs> so wear horses. <laughs> oh, so, I don't know. It's interesting that, and that's where it, that it's interesting to me that a lot of this does end up being like an alpha struggling for control of the pack, and yeah. you know finds his his mate at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I don't see a lot of different stories, at least in the stuff I've read. Please correct me because it yeah. has been a little bit of time and a lot of the times when i read this stuff it's in a larger universe and there's a lot of struggle just in general yeah um, a lot of political intrigue yeah, yeah. <sighs> we're really fun yeah they are yeah. and that has been a not so brief overview yeah we got a little rambly at the end but <sighs> sorry guys i, I think sorry. as we talked to each other we realized other things yeah which is always nice when it happens it's always fun mm-hmm. um so make sure to tune in next time mm-hmm. where we really get into the nitty-gritty yeah. of romance mm-hmm. werewolves yeah. i'm so happy we split it up this way because now we can like really spend time yeah. on that so if you guys kind of like this format i know it's hard we've only done like one episode like this <laughs> um but if you think this is fun if you're excited mm-hmm. for it if you have suggestions suggestions yeah. For things, mm. email us ragingromantics mm-hmm. at nopal dot org. Yeah. Don't do Gmail anymore. Don't Gmail. No, that is defunct. It does not work. We are nopal dot org. Mm-hmm. Um. So yes. Yeah, so please email us ragingromantics at nopal n o p l dot org. We would love to hear from you. And if you have any ideas for our future mini episodes, we will definitely have a werewolf mini episode. But if you want to hear about what's a good book to bring on a road trip. If you're hiding a body, <laughs> if you need to survive at your ex's wedding, we would love to make a mini episode in honor of you. Please email us and let us know. We'll curate something. Also, email us if you want to be included in the show because we would love to do more interviews. Jen and I, yeah, it was we stress about it, but it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. We try to be fun people. I know it's a little intimidating for other people. I like public speaking. I like the sound of my own voice. It's very annoying about me. But please, if you want to come on, especially if you're local, We'll chat it up. It'll be fun. Yeah. And I think we need to cut ourselves off on that note. Jen, what do we always say? Rage on! Bye, guys. (laughs) 